You're listening to audio from Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. To find out more about Highland, go to www.hbcwaco.org. You can be seated and good morning to the 10 o'clock. The goal is to take one step forward in, in prayer this week. Wherever you might be personally right now in your prayer life and your prayer disciplines, the goal would be for all of us to take one step forward this week. So I want to give you some practical things, I hope, today from Scripture. Uh, The most spiritually mature person in this room, whoever that might be, the most spiritually mature person, you could take a step forward in your prayer life this week. For the spiritually, most spiritually immature person, maybe a lot of us vie for that title today, the spiritually immature person in the room, you could take one step forward in your understanding of, of prayer. We could all take one step forward this week in our lives of prayer. We, we have some, some resources for you that I hope will help you with that one step. We have a prayer journal. Uh, we have those available in, in the lobby when this gathering is over. Maybe that'd help you to be more organized in your time of prayer, to write out some of your prayers, to remember some of the things that you prayed for. Inside of each of these journals, there's a little prayer quadrant, and you can, you can take this and kind of just mark up your prayer journal like this. I have the quadrants of praises, confessions, requests, um, answers. Uh, if you don't get a journal, you don't want to buy a journal, all these are, are free. If this would help you, again, kind of organize your prayer life a little bit. You can do what I did this past week. I just kind of wrote in some things in those quadrants. Your praises, God, your, your worth is above everything else. God, here's my, my confession. I worried all day yesterday what, what people thought about me. God, I'm struggling with, with my job and my roommate is struggling with anxiety. Here's a request that I have. And, and write down some answers. God, you, you gave me the peace that I asked for yesterday. Uh, having a journal and having some prayer quadrants like that might help you to, to have some goals. You know, if you don't have any goals in prayer, you're gonna hit those goals every time. Like, like to have some plan, some kind of idea. This is what I wanna do this week. This is what I wanna do today in my time with the Lord. So today we're gonna see what, what Jesus says about fasting. And I know when I say that, I lose about 90% of the room. But for the 10% of you that'd be interested in taking some steps forward in your lives of prayer, perhaps this would be a good thing for you to consider today. Let's talk through what it looks like for you this week to, to fast and to take that one step forward in, in your prayer life. Fasting is this sacrificial abstaining from food for a definite period of time for a spiritual purpose. So for you note takers, you can write this down. Fasting says, more than I need food, I need God. So when we fast, we're saying that there's something more important in my life than than just my daily bread, than just this physical nourishment. Fasting is is a spiritual reminder of that, or is a a natural reminder of that spiritual reality that we need God. God, I, I need you more than I even need food. Fasting declares, more than I want my lunch right now, More than I want this meal right now, I want God. So we put aside a meal for a day, or maybe put aside several meals for for a day. And instead of eating a sandwich, you're spending time praying and reading scripture. Fasting puts aside food so that that physical reminder of of hunger is a reminder of that spiritual need, that deeper spiritual need that you have for God, dependency on God. A fasting reminds us more than my body is dependent on food, my soul is dependent upon the Lord. So when you fast, you can set aside a meal time. It can be a breakfast or lunch or dinner, or it could be breakfast and lunch and dinner from sunrise to sunset. 
Uh, maybe you can even set aside a few days. Maybe you've fasted before. You want to take another step and, and fast for two days. I, I know people who have fasted for seven days and 10 days. Um, heard of a friend, or a friend has told me of one of his friends that fasted for 40 days. Now, I'm not going to encourage you to start off this week on a 40-day fast if you've never fasted before. In fact, I would also encourage you if you can take a fast any more than 48 hours to, to talk to a doctor, especially if you have diabetes or low blood sugar or if you've passed out before, don't do a 40-day fast. Like You need to talk to your, your, your doctor first um, about that. Charles Wesley says, some exalt fasting beyond all scripture and reason and others utterly disregard it. I would think probably for a lot of us in this room today, we're in that second camp. We just don't think about it. Or we've heard of it and have never thought about what it really might mean for, for us to fast. Maybe not, some of you have never fasted at, at, at all. And I think part of that is, is the pastor's faults across the nation. It's this pastor's fault in this room. I have not talked about fasting enough. I have not brought attention biblically, scripturally to, to fasting enough. And so we're, we're gonna see today what I think has become the most forgotten spiritual discipline of them all, and that's fasting. With your copy of God's word, would you turn with me, please, to the book of Matthew. It's where we've been since August. Let's go to Matthew chapter six together, the Sermon on the Mount. The book of Matthew is the first book in, in, in the New Testament. Hope you have your copy of God's word with you today. Perhaps you can share with someone. You can go to your smart device. Let's go to Matthew chapter six. Just a few verses today. Jump down to verse 16 with me. Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount. He's on a hillside. His followers have pressed up close to him. So this is not for half-hearted followers of Jesus, but those who are all in. Those who want to know Christ, want to follow Christ, want to love him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. So Matthew chapter six, we're gonna pick it up in verse 16. Again, Jesus speaking. And he says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and, and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. All right, keep your Bible open. Notice what Jesus says in verse 16, when you fast. Notice it does not say if you fast, but when you fast. In fact, Jesus says it twice. He says it in verse 16, when you fast. He says it again in verse 17, when you fast. Now, Jesus does the same thing in the, in the passages above. If you want to, it's not on the screen, but it is in your Bible. Look at Matthew chapter six, verse two. Jesus says, when you give. He says the same thing in verse three, when you give. We saw this last week, jump down to verse five, when you pray, verse six, when you pray, verse seven, when you pray. The assumption here is that a Christ follower was going to give, was going to pray, and was gonna fast. I, I wonder if Jesus has assumed too much of American Christians. That of course we're gonna, we're gonna give, and of course we're gonna pray, of course we're gonna fast, because it was not, a, it was not a, an, an if statement, but, but when we give, when we pray, when we fast. Fasting is as basic in the Christian life, it should be as basic in the Christian life as, as giving and as, as, as praying is, but we have not made it basic among us today. Why is that? Because fasting is, is countercultural to everything we do in our daily rhythms. It goes against our our daily patterns of food. It goes against our very flesh. It requires self-denial. 
and sacrifice, two of our least favorite words in the West. It also was inconvenient and uncomfortable. Oh, maybe, that, maybe those are the two most worst, the worst words in the West today. Something that is, is inconvenient, something that is uncomfortable. You see, fasting is neither fun nor relaxing. And all of us in this house, we have been taught since childhood that life is about having fun and finding times of relaxing. We, we move away from, from fun and relaxing. We, we move toward inconvenient and uncomfortable when we fast. And, and when, we, when we do not fast, we're, we're choosing a life of comfort. But I think what I can also say, according to Scripture, we're choosing a life of disobedience when we choose not to fast. Interesting, the caveat that Jesus gives of fasting here is that fasting is to be done in secret. You can write this down if you're a note taker. The less it is announced, the greater it is rewarded. And we see that all throughout Matthew chapter six when it comes to giving, when it comes to praying, certainly when it comes here to, to fasting. The bulk of what Jesus says right here in these three verses, 16, 17, and 18, is not about what to do when fasting, but what not to do when you're fasting. And Jesus says, yes, those who fast for everyone to know and they make sure their faces look gloomy so people will know that they're, they're fasting, yes, they will get their reward. Verse 16, they, they will be rewarded, but, but verse 18 seems to speak of a greater reward for those who fast and it's not announced. For, for those who fast and it's just an understanding between them and the Father, them and the Lord. And so we see in this passage here, don't cause yourself to look sullen or, or joyless, verse 16, when fasting. Don't, don't parade your fasting before others, in front of others. And the promise here, again, verse 18, is that the Father who, who sees you fasting in secret, he will reward you. The Puritans of, of the old ages uh, called fasting soul fattening. I, I, I like that. It's going to fatten their soul. Now, their stomach may be hurting, but their soul felt big. Their, their, their soul felt, felt, felt encouraged. And maybe that's a good way to, to see fasting. It's not just that you have to go without food for a meal or go without food for a day, but it's a way for your, for your soul to be enriched. Fasting is mentioned 65 times in the Bible, so it's not some seldom, rarely heard of spiritual discipline. Well, I'm gonna give you a few things in scripture why you might want to fast. And so if you're taking notes today and wanna to consider these things with me, biblically, fasting is, is a discipline used for many things throughout scripture. Let me give, give, give you the first one. The first one is to, to repent. The this Bible talks about fasting and repenting before the Lord. This is what happens over in Nehemiah chapter nine. The, the Israelites have come back to Jerusalem and they set aside 24 hours to fast and to repent to fast and to confess their sins. Maybe there's, there's a sin that you have been holding on to. Could, could it be that maybe this, at some point this week you'd want to repent of that sin, confess that sin, and fast at the same time? Biblically, fasting is a discipline used in, in, in repentance. The second thing is, is to mourn. Over in Esther chapter four, Mordecai heard the plan to exterminate the Jews the scripture says that as he mourned this, he also fasted. Uh, could it be that some of you today, you're, you're, if you're mourning a loss or mourning a death, mourning a, a troubling situation in your life, could it be also that God is calling you to, to fast in your grief, to, to fast in the morning? Biblically, a, a discipline we see in the scripture is also to intercede for others. We see this in Psalm chapter 35 where, where King David prayed for, for the health of his friends, but as he prayed for the health of his friends, he fasted. 
And so King David was fasting and, and praying, fasting, interceding that his friends who were sick might be made better. This might be of interest to some of you even this week. If you're gonna choose to fast for a meal or fast for a day, could there be someone right now you're thinking of in your family, uh, in, in, in maybe in, in your world, your sphere, maybe a roommate, maybe a friend that you, that you love, that you treasure, that they're going through a difficult time. Could it be that God would call you to fast this week as you intercede for them just as King David did in Psalm 35? I find this one interesting. Biblically, fasting is a discipline used for many things, including to break chains of bondage. Isaiah 58 speaks about this, to, to fast and pray, to, to break the, the, the yoke of addiction, to, to break the strap of a stronghold. Uh, maybe there's a, an ungodly sin, an, un, an unholy habit in your life. And you've gone back to it time and time again. And maybe you, you've prayed for, for that habit to be gone. Maybe you've prayed for freedom. Could, could it be that there's some in the house today that God is calling you to fast to break that stronghold, to, to fast, to break that addiction. We see this in scripture, to break the chains of, of bondage. This is how fasting was used. Perhaps a lot of us in the, in the room, we thought that, that, that fasting was just about prayer, and certainly it is, but we see all these other things that the fasting's about in scripture. And lastly, uh, people in the scripture fasted to seek answers, which maybe where a lot of you are today, looking for an answer in your life, for an answer for life, an answer for what is next. We see this over in, in Ezra uh, chapter eight. Ezra is at the head of the river Ahava and he is trying to, to decide which way to go and what to do next with, with the people around him. And the scripture says, as he stood there at the, at the banks of the river Ahava, he began to pray and fast and ask the Lord for clarity, ask the Lord for, for answers. And the Lord came through and gave him the answers and gave him that clarity. So could it be that some of you here today, you're at a place in your life where you're, you're looking for, for God to give give you an answer, to, for God to give you a direction, for you to, to find a way forward, could it be that God would call you to fast this week, to fast from a meal or to fast during a day to seek answers? Last week, I, I gave you uh, an, an acrostic to help you remember what prayer was about, uh, P-R-A-Y, that we, we praise God, we repent, we ask, and then we yield. I want to give you an acrostic today for, for fast, for the word fast. That might help you this week. If you're considering fasting, if you've never fasted before, this might be a good thing for you to write down. If you have fasted before, or maybe it's been a while, this might be a good reminder to you. And so let me just kind of take that word fast and let's make it an acrostic and kind of see what it might look like for you and I to fast together this week in prayer. Number one, F, focus your heart on God. You, you probably picked this up in verse 16, 17, 18, based on what Jesus says in Matthew chapter six, we don't fast so that others will think more highly of us. We don't fast and just announce it to everybody so people might think that, our, that, that we're more mature than we are. So we, we do not fast for spiritual reputation. We do not fast so that others will think more highly of us. And so I want to say here that we need to focus our hearts on God. We fast to honor God. We don't fast to honor ourselves. We don't fast to, to, to lift up our reputation. We fast to honor the Lord. This does not mean that no one can know that you're fasting. I've heard this said before, that if you tell anybody, you break the reward. Well, that can't be true because in the Old Testament, they fasted together. Like the congregation, the people of God would fast together for a day. Families would fast together. Tribes would fast together. So it's not as if you're not supposed to tell anybody and there's no reward at all if you tell others. But the focus here is, God, this is not for others. This is for you. 
I'm gonna fast and put my heart on, on you. So fasting is like feasting on God. You're just enjoying his presence. It's not even about others. It's not even about, if you'll hear me correctly on this, it's not even about yourself. But, but fasting is about putting your heart's focus, your heart's attention, your heart's affection on God more than we long for anything in the world, even the necessity of food. We're saying, God, I need you. God, I long for you. A, which makes total sense, we'll make A stand for abstain from food or abstain from, from a meal. I've noticed these past many years especially, um, a lot of people say, well, I'm, I'm fasting, I'm fasting from social media, I'm, I'm fasting from technology, uh, I'm fasting from gaming, uh, I'm fasting from sweets, um, I'm fasting from, from desserts, uh, I'm fasting from coffee, which good luck on that one for some of y'all. Fasting on, on coffee, fasting on caffeine, whatever it might be. And, and people said, that, that is a fast. Let me just tell you, yes, that is a fast, but I would submit to you that biblically, the, the best way to fast is to abstain from food. Because that's what Jesus is talking about here. If you say, I'm gonna fast for everything else but food, I don't think that really hits the heart of what Jesus is teaching on fasting because you need to consider with me, what does it mean to, to put aside food? Food is a God-given longing that we have. It comes from God. That's not true of gaming. That's not true of desserts. Some of you may disagree. That's not true of coffee. That, that's not true of, of, of social media. That those are not, that's not something God gave us a longing for, but he gave everyone in this room today a longing for food. God created us with, with stomachs that, that need to be filled. So, filled. so here, here's the spiritual discipline here, is taking something away that we actually want to have and actually must have. I mean, at some point today, if you're not feeling it already right now in this moment, you're gonna need food. And so we're putting aside that basic necessity in order to seek Jesus instead. So when you, when you think of, of fasting, there are a lot of things from which you can fast, but biblically, I want you to primarily think of, of food. The S, we'll just make this for the phrase, substitute eating with praying. So it's not just deciding, well, I'm not gonna eat today and gonna kind of feel bad all day, and just gonna be hungry all day. You're not fasting if you just happen to work through lunch. No, it, fasting is you're taking that time that normally you'd be eating a breakfast or a dinner or a lunch and you spend that time in prayer. You spend that time in, in God's word. It's not just, oh, I forgot to eat lunch today, therefore I'm fasting. No, that misses the point completely. You're substituting that meal for time in the presence of the Lord. You're substituting that, that, that meal for time in in God's word. And, and if you're gonna fast through lunch, let's just say hypothetically this week that, that you're gonna fast through lunch on Wednesday, you're gonna be pretty good until about two o'clock. And about two o'clock, you're gonna think, man, I'm really, really hungry. What? I can't believe that preacher told me to skip a meal today. Like, I am, I'm really hungry right now. And you're gonna feel, if, if your body's designed anything like mine, I start feeling like my, my stomach starts actually moving around. It starts making these, these noises. So what do you do at two o'clock on Wednesday? You pray. You, you, spend that, that you allow that hunger pain to be a spiritual alarm clock for you to pray and to seek the Lord and to open up God's word. Then at three o'clock, by three o'clock, you're thinking, God, I'm not gonna make it through the day. Like, you're about to call me home, aren't you? Like, I can't do this any longer. <laughs> Like, I have not eaten since breakfast this morning. God, you have no idea. Like, I, I, I'm not gonna make it. I'm withering away as, as I speak. So at three o'clock, when that, that hunger gets more intense, you pray more intensely. 
You open up God's word and, and you worship the Lord. At four o'clock, five o'clock, like you're, you're dreaming of waffle fries and Chick-fil-A sauce. Four o'clock, five o'clock, that chapstick's starting to look good. Like you know, everything, you're like, man, I just, I'm so hungry. You use that longing, you use the intensity of that hunger for intensity in prayer. And you cry out to the Lord. God, I need you more than I, I, I need this food. And my body is longing for a sandwich right now. My, my body is longing for fast food right now. My, my body is longing for lunch. And God, as, as much as I long for food, God, I long for you even more. The last one, T, taste and see that the Lord is good. That Psalm chapter 34, verse eight, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And, and God will show himself sufficient. So this week, if you choose to fast, you choose to fast for a meal. You choose to fast for an entire day, sun up to sundown. God will show himself sufficient to you as you fast. You will taste and see, even in the middle of your fast, that the Lord is good. He's not just sufficient for you. It would be enough for us to cry out in praise if God was sufficient for us, but it's more than he's just sufficient for us. He is satisfying to us. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I think when we fast, there's gonna be three things that you realize are very true. Number one, the nearness of the Lord is known. Like you just know that he is near. The psalmist says this, God, your, your nearness is our good. And, and when you fast and when, when you grow hungry and when you skip that meal or skip those meals, I think you'll see very quickly that the nearness of the Lord is just known. Not that he's closer to you when you fast. I just think that you know he's near when you fast. Everything becomes hypersensitized when, when you're hungry. And I think even spiritually begin to realize that the nearness of the Lord and his nearness is our good. The second thing I think you begin to, to see what's very true about fasting is that the provisions of the Lord are remembered. Um, if you fast this week, if you're one of the 10% in this room that's gonna choose to fast this week, watch yourself on Wednesday, let's say you're fasting during lunch and you're getting really hungry, Watch what this will also do to you. It, it requires you to thank God for the lunch you had yesterday. It requires you to thank God for the dinner you had on Tuesday night and, and the big lunch you had on, on Monday. When you go without and you fast for a meal, you begin to see all the provisions of God. You begin to see more clearly the provisionary nature of God. You remember all these things that he has done. The provisions of the Lord are remembered and lastly, and the connection to the Lord it's just sweeter. God, I'm hungry. I want food, but I want you more. God, my body is designed for food, but my soul is designed for you. And as I hunger today, as I hunger during this meal, God, I hunger and thirst even more for you, for your presence, for your grace, for your righteousness. I want to know you. Something about fasting is just, makes all three of those things true. The Lord is known, his nearness is known, his provisions are remembered with great thanksgiving, and certainly the connection to the Lord just seems sweeter. Would you stand with me, please, for us to pray together? Father, we come before you and declare again that you are the God that we need and Father, even if 90% today say, nope, I'm just gonna stay right where I am in my prayer life, God, would pray for the 10% this week who would, who would choose to fast. 
and know of your nearness and be reminded of your provisions and just press into the sweetness of that relationship with you. God, I pray all of us in this house today, this week, would take one step forward in our prayer lives just to grow a little bit more, to understand a little bit more, to give a little bit more time, to give a little bit more of our heart. God, we thank you that you, you meet us when we pray. We thank you, you're the God who, who resides with his people, the God who is with us now, the God who is here, the God who is present. And it's not just that you're sufficient, you indeed are satisfying. Oh, taste and see that the Lord, he is good. It's the name of Jesus that we pray and now in the name of Jesus that we sing. Amen. So here's how we're gonna use uh, this time, this song of response. You can use it to worship the Lord, just to, to say to him, God, I do need you. I'm gonna need you every moment. Maybe some of you would want to commit to, to fast this week. Uh, maybe just, just one meal. Maybe for some of you, it's, it's one day from, from sunup to sundown. And if you're interested in, in fasting, maybe you'd also be interested in just leaving your seat and just kneeling and maybe sealing that with the Lord. God, I'm, I'm leaving my seat. I'm coming, I'm kneeling before you because I will fast this week. I will find a time to fast. I will step away from a meal. I will step away from a, a day of eating pray to seek you during those meal times, to, to long for you. Maybe some of you would want to come and tell one of the staff members, we'll have some here at the front. Maybe that'd be helpful to you just to come to them and say, I'm fasting on Wednesday. I don't want to, but the Spirit's telling me I need to, so I'm just going to say it out loud to a staff member to kind of share that so we can pray with you. If there's anything else we can pray for you about, staff would love to pray with you. We'll be up here at the front. Let's, let's sing. And won't you please come.